Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jonah Dillon is the Memphis Tiger football program's beat writer for the commercial appeal. You can follow him on Twitter on X at the Jonah Dillon. Jonah, Mark and I tried this bold strategy of coming up with the tiebreaker scenarios without actually looking at the tiebreaker scenarios. Do you understand what do the Tigers need to root for? My, so, first of all, no, I don't understand it. That's my, my first answer. Uh, it, it really is going to come down. I think no matter what, it's going to come down to the game a week from today with Tulane and UTSA. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a much clearer picture. I think it, it honestly, it's not going to matter unless both teams lose this week. There's still going to be scenarios going to next week where Memphis could win out and still not make it, um, which would obviously be like the most – devastating thing possible for Tigers fans. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And it really just, for now, it's just beat SMU and then worry about the scenarios after that. Would that be the most devastating scenario? Not for Ryan. I've, well, I feel, like, I feel like losing tomorrow would be the let me, let most me, devastating. Let me tell you a college football tale, Mark. Mm-hmm. Back in 2004, there was a team called Auburn. Yeah. They went undefeated. Mm-hmm. But... Because Oklahoma and USC also went undefeated, and also the year before they hosted USC and got beat like 30 to nothing, they got left out. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to go and take the beating that USC would have inevitably given them again, and instead they get to play victim the whole time. Like the only undefeated SEC team to never be a national champion. Yeah, but this is a little different. This would be the only Tiger 7-1 team. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year they go 7-1 and and could miss the, and literally would miss the championship game, I would have been shocked. But yeah. you think about the you think about going to a near six bowl and the amount that that brings your program, especially a program that's trying to get other conferences to notice them and to theoretically do what you need to do to get there and then have a tiebreaker deny you. I feel yeah. like for the way that things have gone this season, you know, that would be that would be a pretty brutal scenario. I mean the reality is if they get to a New Year's six bowl I think they can lay legitimate claim to being the best group of five program in the country right now. If because they can say they've been to a group, they've been to the near six bowl two times in what four or five years, and Cincinnati's not a group of five team anymore. UCF's not either. UCF's yeah. not a group. Like I think they can legitimately. No, I mean, I think going that, into the off season, go we are the best group of five program in the country. I think that's fair. I guess Jonah, I'd ask you this: What does that mean right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends. It it depends what it means like going to next year when the the playoff expands, and we yeah. still don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and we're still trying to figure out what's going on with Oregon State and Washington State. But like, if that means that you go into every season as a favorite to make the playoff, like I think that does mean a lot. Um, well, yeah, well, it's dependent on. Like, I do think this year has gone well for the league in the sense that. It still seems to me, and maybe this is just more, this is partly a byproduct of JMU not being able to be ranked, 
But very clearly, the college football playoff committee still views the AAC as the best of these leagues. It seems like. Yeah, I'd, I'd so, be a little bit concerned about the Mountain West, especially depending on what happens with those two Pac-2 schools or whatever. And also that they've beaten up each other a little bit this season. Because but they do that every yeah. year. So this would be my yeah. this would be my question. Are they implicitly uh, endorsing the AAC? Or is this a situation where up until two weeks ago, mm-hmm. Air Force was undefeated mm-hmm. and Air Force was the Mountain West team? Like, it's kind yeah, of. They still had Tulane ahead of them. I know, but this is kind of. My point is there's kind of an NCAA. I wonder if there's an NCAA tournament thing going where when everyone announced your quote unquote league is down mm-hmm. when the, the teams that are supposed to be good are not good. League's down. Mm-hmm. I've never actually figured out whether or not that means the league is down, yeah. but because Tulane was supposed to be good. And SMU by and large, was supposed to be good. Yeah, they AC, Memphis yeah. was supposed to be good. The problem with the and wonder, UTSA was supposed to correct. Be good. And the problem with the Mountain West is it's like Boise's been a disappointment. San Diego State's been a disappointment. And so mm-hmm. I do wonder if like I do wonder if they actually feel like the American is better than the Mountain West, or if it was kind of dependent on the way that the season played out. Yeah. Well, and there'll be another recalibration yeah. because SMU's going to leave after this yeah. year. Um, so uh, we'll see. But they got to beat SMU first. Jeffrey does not like their chances, Jonah. Um, try to convince him otherwise. Why will Memphis win this game tomorrow against SMU? Yeah, okay. First of all, it's going to be a close game, which is exactly what I said last week before the Charlotte game when Memphis was supposed to be. Yeah, you almost pulled off. I, uh, I told Mark on Monday, if you would have nailed that prediction, I would have like framed that, I would have framed that story and just like always, it would be my Twitter bio, that picture. <laughs> I don't even, I got to the game last Saturday and I was talking to an usher on the field and she said, I'm really worried about Charlotte today. Memphis is coming in here and they're huge favorites. And I said, I don't think you've watched Memphis play this season. Because uh, <laughs> it's never going to be easy. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Memphis, obviously. SMU is really talented. They're kind of the class of this conference, especially with how much they've basically just blown out every team they've played. Obviously, they haven't played anybody in the conference who's continue to be a good team. Um, I think Seth Hennigan is probably playing, you know, aside from his injury, he's playing the best football he's played at Memphis over the past couple weeks, and that has to give you confidence. And I think it really just comes down to the defense has got to force takeaways. I think that's what it comes down to, because I don't think that the Memphis defense can really stop the SMU offense, given how they've played this season. If they can force some turnovers and it's a shootout, I think Memphis is a shot. They've been in those games all year, and... There's no reason why they can't, you know, have the ball last in a crazy game. No, I mean, to be clear, that that's the formula for them winning. If you tell me that they force, you know, they win the turnover margin 2 nothing or whatever, they win it by 2, maybe 3-1, to one, whatever, they're, they're plus 2 in the turnover margin, I would expect that the game's very close. I just am very concerned, Memphis. Like, I, Charlotte, you knew that Charlotte wanted to run the ball, and Memphis couldn't really do much about it. SMU's going to be doing that with a lot better running game. Yeah, and they're they're a better team in the trenches, and they're more yeah. physical, and they just get better athletes. So that's why it, you know it's not surprising that the spread is what it is. I think some people around here are, are like really more than a touchdown for SMU on the road, but just look at the athletes that they have. Look at how much they've just dominated these teams, and Memphis is playing similar teams, and every week it's coming out as the last play of the game. So that's why it is what it is. That's why SMU is a favorite, um, and they definitely have more ways to win the game. Now, to be clear. Computers, for the most part, agree with y'all that this is going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, 
BetQL, I think, has it as an eight-point game, which is what the original line was. Pro Football Focus, I think, is eight. But Sportsline and Bill Conley, SP Plus, I think they're both like five-point games. I mean, the computers, yeah, the, mean, for the most yeah. part, the computers think that the line's too big. I would say mm-hmm. that. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Interesting. I think the, the eye test of Memphis every game being close is what leads me to think the line's too big. It has, that has nothing to do with the actual matchup or what the computers think. I just, you know, in one of these games, they could come out and, like, the problem for them has been consistency. So maybe they come out and they just don't have it at all. Well, right? let's, let's be yeah. the truth. The, the computers would probably say if Memphis played Missouri again, it'd be like Missouri would be a double-digit favorite. But Memphis played yeah. them close. Like Memphis played them within a, uh, one score, ultimately. Again, it was, you know, like Missouri, uh, the team that was supposed to win won. But, like, this team, uh, I I think this is a team that plays up and down to its competition is the point I'm I'm making. And so... I don't know if we can – I don't know if the – that would be my spin zone to the argument of, well, look at, like, what SMU's done to these crappy AAC teams compared to what Memphis has done to them. SMU, by and large, has has won convincingly. Memphis, by and large, has, you know, eked out wins ultimately. But my gut tells me this is – I don't know if it's enough for them to win, but I think they play up and down to their competition. Yeah, I think they do. I think I mean, even the, the game against Missouri, Memphis was leading in that game, and they looked competitive throughout it. And they were leading in the two-lane game. Like, yeah. They were up by by double-digit points in the second half. And then, obviously, then the wheels fell off. But uh, they've shown against these teams, Tulane would probably be picked to beat SW at this point. Maybe it would be close. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think they'd be favored. Yeah, so it, it's Memphis has shown, and that's why they've shown throughout the season they can play with these teams. So there's no reason why they can't play with SMU, especially at home. Um, I just think SMU, they've got a lot of talent. They've got, they're going to be more physical. And you just, Memphis is just, you can't have this play half the game and then kind of take your foot off the gas and wait until it's the fourth quarter to start playing again. Like if that happens, SMU is going to be too far ahead and they're not going to be able to come back. Now, Jonah, you were not here. For the last two six and six seasons that Ryan Silverfield had, you've you've only been here for the best Ryan Silverfield season. By the way, congratulations! Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, consider yourself lucky. Um, how how big is this for him? I mean, ultimately, I, I you know I don't think his job is on the line by any means. He's eight and two, but just with you know you've been around this fan base now, you know the vibe. What how important? And you, and you talk to people behind the scenes. How? How, what is the significance of this game for Ryan Silverfield tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty significant. I mean, I'm trying to gauge, we were talking before the Tulane game, is that the biggest game under Silverfield? And I think we need to at least have the same conversation before this game. Now, this um, is bigger now. They, they played this into bigger than the Tulane game because it's there's championship implications, I would say. Yeah, this one, and this one is like the Tulane game, there was... Part of it, which was, you know, if Memphis loses this game, there's still a path for them to get back to contention. They obviously did that. But now this game is, this is it. If you lose the game, that's it. There's no chance of reaching a conference championship. I think the problem is, if they lose this game, 
they even go win next week, they're nine and three. You know, most people around the country, casual fans, are going to be like, Memphis had a good season. They went nine and three. If you look at it closer, they probably haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Um, and obviously, you can only beat who's in front of you. But you know, knowing the fans around here, they're going to look at that and say, you didn't beat anybody who had a winning record. You didn't beat anybody who you know really has a high level of competition. So I think, even though it's theoretically going from six and six to nine and three would be like good momentum going into next season. I think there would be kind of a, a section of the fan base that would be a little bit iffy about the direction given the teams that are in the AAC and given that SMU is leaving after this. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do. So Boise has Utah State, right? I think, yeah, Boise, I think well, there's slight favorite. Now that would be a perfect Boise thing to lose that game. But you could have the opportunity to also have on Monday, if Boise beats Utah State, You'll have two wins against teams with winning records. Now, then, and now then they play Air Force to close the year. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, <laughs> so, although the wheels are kind of coming off for Air Force. At Air Force. Yeah. And it's in Boise, the Air Force game. So That hasn't really mattered this year. Oh, right. The blue turf is yeah. not the same. I mean, this were one team with a winning record, and they fired their coach in the middle of the season, so I don't know how much. A little like, column A, a little <laughs> column B. Listen. <laughs> this, yeah. show, this show is built upon not telling the truth. But in general, I just look at it as, like, Ryan Silverfield has, you know, he was on uh, part of the the reason why the Tulane game felt so big was because at that point we were c- still like coming off the second six and six year in a row, and you know you weren't sure if their record was, you know, you weren't sure what they were. T- what were they two and one at that point or three and one? I guess because they had beaten Boise yeah. State, yeah. they were three and one. It was still early in the year, and this is different now because it's so late in the year and you you know ultimately they're probably going to have a chance at a 10-win season no matter what happens against SMU because they're probably going to beat Temple and they'll have a chance to win a 10th game in the bowl game um but he hasn't to your point Jonah and, and Jeffrey brought this up he hasn't done enough to like to convince people that you know this is completely fixed so to speak or that this is this is a uh, – this program has momentum. It feels like every time they've been on the cusp of recapturing some legitimate momentum, something has happened. Um, and uh, this would be a chance to really recapture some momentum for the program, it, it feels like. But this is it, too. This is the last chance, right? Because this is the last chance gonna... till next season, yeah. probably, yeah, right? Exactly, because you're going to – if you lose this game, you play Temple. Temple's – and you're going to I mean, some. I, I guess you could make if the you got argument, the right team in yeah. a bowl game. If you got like, if you went to the military bowl and played like Clemson and beat Clemson. But the or problem something. is, but I don't know, you know if that's going to happen. You, you know what's going to happen? Or the Fenway. Yeah. Oh, they didn't care. And yeah. like, no, I know. Realistically, this is probably your last chance to capture some legitimate momentum until next season. That's what it feels. And like. And that's why. That's why it's the biggest. Yeah, and that's why, like we said, it's probably the biggest game. He's had, I mean, this is certainly, this is the most important game in terms of, like, legitimate implications with the conference championship that he's had. And it's yes. the latest that Memphis has been relevant in that conversation. So you, you have to at least, like, again, with all the caveats that we've discussed, you have to at least say that represents momentum because these conversations weren't happening last season or the season before that. So what do you think? What happens tomorrow? Are we talk? Are we coming out of this weekend talking about Memphis one win away potentially from an AAC championship game appearance. Are we coming out of this weekend and really kind of probably starting the autopsy of the season, even though they have one game left? 
I I think Memphis needs to spread, but I think SMU edges it. I think it's a close game. Something happens at the end. I think it's a shootout. Um, take the over like you should in every Memphis game. Uh, I think SMU just they have a little bit more. I think Preston Stone is pretty good if he makes a play at the end of the game, and SMU wins by three points. I do wonder, is this going to get back to – because to your point about Memphis and the over, it's almost like are they playing really a CUSA team? Because mm-hmm. the that – Cuse overs. Like, it's just like, just get, that game's getting into the 70s, the 80s. Like, I wonder, are we going to get, is this game going to maybe be a little more, sometimes in big games, you'll see teams kind of come out a little gun shy. They don't really want to. Remember the last big SM, the SMU game? Well, last year, wasn't it like 30 to 27? Yeah, I'm talking more like the last big, like the 2019 game. Yeah, that was that a game, shootout. Yeah. That was a shootout. Ultimately, Memphis won by two touchdowns, but it was like, they, you know, it was back and forth until halfway through the fourth quarter and Memphis got one stop. I want to say it was like an intercept. It wasn't a stop. It was like a turnover, I think, if I recall correctly. Um, that game was wild. That whole that game was, was nuts. That whole yeah. day was just insane. And then just uh, Sonny going for two every time and just screwed up the to- it screwed up the line. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's just like, oh, my God, I don't even know what to do math-wise. Well, Jonah, good luck with the coverage tomorrow. We'll see you at, uh, at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that was Jonah Dillon. Media member's dream. Tiger football beat writer for the commercial. 11 a.m. kick.